Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who've gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rock Your Bossitude, conversations with business owners turned CEO. Today, I'm here with Carlin Ingram, and I am so excited. Carlin, how the heck are you? I'm doing amazing, Telmar. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Carlin and I know each other, and I'm excited to get her perspectives on this and let the audience better understand um, the different ways that people step into being a boss. So if it's okay, I'm going to tell them a little bit about you. Bring it on. Excellent. Carlin Ingram is a founder and lead strategist of Oh Snap Social and creator of the Fan Firestarter Framework, a new approach to social media marketing made specifically for businesses tempted to fake their own death and flee to Tahiti at the mere thought of content creation. Carlin developed her user-friendly strategy after working for a decade with a variety of brick-and-mortar businesses who were decidedly social allergic, not because they didn't want to do social media, but because they were intimidated by it. In response, her new system helps newbies get on the fast track to unsticking their social media in just one hour per week. That's fantastic. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to share all the all the details or spill all the tea, as they say. I do love spilling <laughs> the tea. And today we're going to talk about you as a boss and with your team members and the, the uh, experiences that you've been able to go through during your shifts, right? As you continue to grow and build your team and your company. And how, how old is your company right now? Five and a half yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's right. I, could, I couldn't remember exactly. I thought I'd ask to give people some perspective, but let's go back a little further before you started. Can you tell me about the best boss you ever had? Oh man. Um, I would say my first boss was probably my best boss. Mm. Uh, I worked for an organization that needed my help in the digital sphere they knew nothing about it. They trusted me wholeheartedly and I just kind of ran with it. And I think the nice. best thing is they kind of left me alone yeah. um, because back in 2010, 2011, everything social media, the web 2.0 was just starting to come out. We're on web yep. three now. And it still was very much this foreign concept for membership organizations, associations, companies to embrace social media wholeheartedly. And I was in the seat of like the quote young person to direct that initiative. And I got enough, you know, buy-in from my boss that they started to hire other people 
that mm. also had a similar mindset to me that maybe were more senior in the particular industry I was in. Yeah, then yeah. we like align our skills, which then impacted the growth of our, at that time, it was just Facebook for yeah. a particular organization because a lot of the people that we were serving didn't even have smartphones, right? Oh, they were yeah. Blue collar workers, right? Like yep. they don't have smart, they didn't have smartphones yep. at the time. And I, I had, that's also where I found kind of a love for, I would say love. It wasn't a media love at first sight, but like love <laughs> for sharing about social media publicly, standing okay. in front of people and sharing about social yeah. and getting buy-in from those folks. Um, and he afforded me that opportunity to do that where nice. I could stand and get buy-in. And that's how we grew back then. That's how we grew our page on Facebook yeah. was literally bringing it to the people and being like, this is how we're going to communicate with you on a regular basis rather than sending you a quarterly magazine that you may or may not read. Interesting. And so yeah. you, you had to change your behavior, right? And exactly. the boss was, and the boss was really, really recognized uh, that you were willing to put in that work and bring the results in a consistent way. Exactly. That's and I think point. also he wanted some of that education as well. Like he wanted to yeah. be on the cutting edge. We wanted to be the first in our industry to kind of lead the way. And yeah. because of that, I actually won a lot of awards for the work that I was doing. Um, very early. So yeah, it was kind of a fun, fun thing where I got to control every part of the digital sphere. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, yeah. and how nice to be in a company that was successful enough and growing enough to allow you to bring in all those pieces, identify expertise, be willing to hire more team as that became something that was identified as a need. So, so you, that was really, I mean, not totally surprising that you ended up with your own business after that, right? Because you had <laughs> yeah. so many pieces of responsibility there, but that's yeah. good, right? Like, I mean, that is, that is a dream job where you've got a boss that is trusting and acting on your recommendations, right? Yes. And I think the biggest thing was when I decided to leave there uh, and start my own thing, I turned them actually into my first client and they were my, nice. they were my first client and I had them for two years and they were paying me, you know, good money. Cheaper, yeah, good money, but cheaper than, you know, a full-time person until they could find the right person to fit into those shoes. Yeah. Um, that's hard. So it was, yeah, it was a really good opportunity. I think they were shocked by my exit but I needed to go into bigger things and learn more things. And uh, that was when I really started OSNAP Social as a side hustle, while at the same time still working full time in different industries within the creative kind of corporate atmosphere. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So let's let's go into the world where you're in OSNAP Social now. What was your what? Like what was the position responsibility? What was your first hire? My first top hire was like a creative producer, like another content creator okay. that had the graphic skills and the copywriting skills and the social media savvy skills. That was my first hire. And it came faster than I think I would have liked. Uh, oh, interesting. It was about, yeah, it was about a year in because for years when I had just OSNAP on the side, I was like, I don't want this to be like this agency. I don't want to manage people. I don't want, I don't want. 
Mm-hmm. And then I found out in order to grow, <laughs> yep. you know, like I have to grow my team. Uh, yes. And that's where the shift happened. And that's where I went from being that freelancer type to more of an agency style structure. Yeah. And today I am consistently educating prospects who come to me and just in general, people who are shopping for a social media solution. Yeah. Differences between a social media freelancer, a virtual assistant who happens to be social savvy and a social media agency. Very different with very different and expectations and all of that. So a hundred percent. And yes. and if it's any consolation, boss action is, is doing the same when we're, when we're helping people identify what they need, mm-hmm. we walk them through, right. You know, if you're, if you're hiring a vendor, which is, you know, Snap social, you've mm-hmm. got not just somebody that's responsible for an understanding. They're responsible for consistently staying current. They're responsible for redundancy in the way that your work shows up all the time. It doesn't matter if they have a sick day, right? It's a different kind of ideology when you work with a vendor, but there can be a price point that is different than if you bring somebody in. Now we're limited to one individual, right? There's good at having employees for certain situations. There's good at having a virtual assistant who can start just being a, a, a facilitator for you. Oh, but yeah. there's there's identifying when you really need a social media expert to keep it going, facilitate it, or it, uh, even a strategist to be on that to help you create that. that exactly. Uh, layout. So I get it. Yep, exactly. Totally different hire. So I just so you know, we're behind you on that. Keep on keep on going. <laughs> Thank with you. That. I'm like, no, I, real loud everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know that it's not the same. It's not. And, you know, and again, you feel my pain, sister. I'm out there trying to tell people, you know, you can take (laughs) control of hiring. You just got to take the time to plan ahead of time. It's, I mean, there's, there's steps that you can do again and again and again, but back to, so I want to go back to the idea that uh, you felt like you hired faster than you wanted to. And you felt like uh, it probably, uh, you know, one, you got over the hurdle of, I don't want any help. And then you're like, oh, wait, I can only make so much dollars. I want more dollars. How do I get more dollars? Well, good news. Growing and profitability all scale up when you hire more team. But we'll talk about that a different day. So what I want to know is once you, you know, it sounds like you're going to have a very specific answer to this. What do you wish you had known as a business owner before you got the title of boss? I wish I had more leadership skills. Oh, uh, okay. I think that has been a gaping hole in this whole boss life I'm living. Yeah. Because, you know, and we just talked about it, social media is very new. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It is something that people still give to like the youngest person in the room. And that has been a challenge when I was working full time in other organizations where I didn't really have anyone I was managing. Yep. I was just reporting up mm-hmm. and I decided to jump ship from my full time gig and really lean into Oh snap. When I was realizing that I was starting to collect other skills, yep. including project management and managing, you know, time, 
that the client's paying for. I was working within an agency and I was seeing kind of the mechanics of how an agency functions that they had propped up. So I was like, I got the systems in the bag. I understand that still my, not my bread and butter, but I understood enough to prop all of those systems up to feel comfortable with running a business. Uh, as well as, you know, prop, like I read Profit First, which is like great book, great book. a book that changed the game for me and really helped me understand how to pay myself appropriately. Oh, I love that. That's a great you know? book. But I just didn't have the experience mm-hmm. of leading people. Yep. I'm empathetic towards people. I care deeply about people. But sometimes like you just got to gather your gonads and just tell people like it is. And that that. has been the biggest lesson and the biggest hurdle for me as a boss still. I love (laughs) that. I love that. And so, so, you know, uh, boss actions, leadership and management are two different things to us, to our mindset. Everybody's got different definition of words. And so, so it is the management piece of having Mm -hmm. to set expectations and hold people to that accountability Mm -hmm. of, Hey, this is a job. You agreed to the job. You said you didn't need more help. You said you understood the deadlines. You said you could meet the deadlines. And now we're past the deadline. What the what? Yes. Right. Yes. And so uh, gather your gonads. Beautiful saying, by the way. Um, and listen. I, 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 <laughs> I, I've got one client. And again, you guys, you know, explicit lyrics. I have one client that tells everybody that I gave her her boss balls. And she <laughs> wants to get me this award of a very anatomy. <laughs> anatomy correct award she's sending me. So, um, so it seems to be a theme with regard to our clients. So I understand it exactly. But so the, so the thing, I hope what you're telling me is your aha is you can be empathetic with the team, but it's learning the process of management that allows you to hold people accountable in a way that gets you the results so your company can grow. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And a yeah. big thing like for us this year is up leveling in our deliverables, up leveling and how we serve our clients, up leveling, you know, the systems in which we intake clients, offboard clients, like, but sometimes you have to be transparent. Yeah. Actually, not all the time. Well, I feel like there needs to mostly. be, yeah, maybe not transparent, but like translucent. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Keep going. You know what I mean? Like, not like yeah, I can yeah. see through everything, but like there's yeah, like yeah. a little yeah, bit yeah. of that yeah. uh, the team so that they can either decide to buy in or not. Or not. Yeah. A thousand percent. I love that. And, and it, and that's where leadership is. Leadership is understanding where the business is going and being able mm-hmm. to communicate it in a way that lets other people see the vision and say, yes, I want in. And they can be inspired to continue on with that mission and those goals because they know that, that we're going there, right? In our mm-hmm. in boss actions world, that's how we define the two. But it, it seems to be the management piece that is yes. the most stressful. What do I do if I have to fire them? How do yes. I get them to do the freaking job without me telling them 900 times, right? And so, yeah. so I appreciate your transparency on that. I think that that's a hurdle the majority of people have to go through. And yes. so the, the, hopefully the lesson there is you can learn these things. There are tools and resources yeah. and great companies, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that can <laughs> help you with these kinds of yeah. things, right? And so, yeah. so thank you for that. So, yeah. so let's, because we're kind of talking about the harder pieces. 
Can I ask what is your, when it's not working and the team's not using the tools you've given them and not following the communication and expectations, what's the self-talk that you have to get you through, keep moving forward, inspiring or holding them accountable? I think to be honest, it's yeah, a, lot, I want a lot of like tearing myself down first, which yeah. is not healthy. But yeah. I mean, in in the you know spirit of of spilling the tea and keeping it real over <laughs> here, um, that has been the hardest thing. Is I always am like, okay, what did I not give them that they need? What did I not prop up in terms of expectation? Did mm-hmm. uh did my system that I had set up for them in terms of benchmarking the deliverables mm-hmm. did that fall by the wayside um did they not have enough time and they were yeah. just trying to be like oh no it's fine it's fine and then at I the end they don't meet the deadline and i'm sitting here looking like an idiot because we don't have what we need when we need it by yeah. and that has opened up a lot of conversations with the team collectively we have every monday we have a meeting where we're talking about the projects that are happening when they're mm-hmm. happening. What Project do they, me. what are they, yeah. What are they challenged with? What do they, what do they need my help for specifically? Love uh, it. My bread and butter is the strategy piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where can I help? What are you seeing trending? How can we, you know, add that to the strategy? And those meetings have also helped us open the doors to, that think tank, that creative, and also understanding a little bit more how my team likes to work yeah, and also sharing with them like bluntly, I need content done by this time so I can approve it, period. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because you said two negative things, but I got to tell you the process that you talked about was brilliant. So, so Mm -hmm. one, I do think that a boss provides the tools, the team builds success. If you haven't heard us say that before, that's literally the motto, the mission, the be all, our our core to the moment, what boss actions is about. Boss doesn't have to do all the things, but it does have to make sure the team has what they need. So Mm. I think that introspection of, okay, wait, Talmar thought the meeting was at 10. Did I not, did I not text her that it was changed? Did she not get the updated calendar invite? Like going back to the process and the communication skills, that's exactly right. So that's not a bad step. Where it gets detrimental is where you're like, oh my God, once again, I freaking failed them and I didn't do it. So if we're going to that dark place, girl, let's have a conversation off the side. (laughs) It's not quite that dark these days. Okay, good. (laughs) You know, and I think that, and the more people you add to your team, the more yeah. challenging it is to maintain all of those communications points. Yes. And yes. I've also learned that, you know, in 2021, we were growing like crazy pants. Yeah. And it was stressing my team out. I was getting yeah. burnt out, which, which was very dangerous. Yeah. And my team was like, we cannot keep up with this pace. And I was like, we have to get there. Yeah. And then 2022, I like woke up and I was like, wait, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do it like this hard? Like what is yeah. the this? And that's really, I mean, 2022 obviously was a year for me that I had to realign. Yeah. Life, which was yeah. important. So I agree. And again, that's the leadership, right? Is taking the time to do that self-awareness. Wait, 
why are we doing it this way? Is this really the way we want to go? Recognizing it and learning from it. And then you take it back to your management process of how you communicate to them and how you hold them accountable and set those expectations Two, the second negative thing that I wanted to address, because I don't think it's wrong, is you talked about sometimes you have to get blunt. What if you're just being direct and direct, you know what I'm saying? Direct allows people to be hugely successful. If I say, hey, you know, I was thinking about having a dinner party on Saturday and you're like, okay, that sounds awesome. Have a good time. What I meant to say is I'd really like to invite you to a dinner party. And oh, by the way, can you bring the potato salad? (laughs) Like be direct. And so, so, so that's a, you know, have you ever read the book Radical Candor? I did actually, my um, operations person sent me the I love her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been, re- I've been listening to it, which is kind of the same as reading, I guess. But, yeah, no, it yeah. totally counts. Totally counts. As far as I'm concerned. As audio counts, people, I agree. Yes. So it's, it's another book that talks about speaking directly, you know, and, and I think that, you know, Carlin, I actually think that's one of your strengths is that you are, you know, in the, in the opportunities I've had to work with you or see you or be around you, you're very direct in your conversation, yes. but not, it's not a bad thing. Being direct allows people to understand whether they want to do it to your point or they don't want to do it. You know, is this where we're going? Do I want to do it or not? So, so blunt sounds, you know, direct, I think is a better word for sure. And I definitely self-identify as a direct person. And like, I've taken the disc test, you know, like five (laughs) times and I'm like a very high D and I, I, but D is definitely, I'm very decisive. I make quicker decisions uh, which I think is great, but also this year in particular, I'm taking time to like pause before making a decision. Mm. I say yes to things that I shouldn't be saying yes to, um, without really thinking about what is the impact on my time? Is it intentional with where I want to go? Uh, and you know, how does it align or not align with my why? So. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate you being so transparent or translucent, whichever the word is that we're using, <laughs> uh, on all these issues, because I know that, you know, all bosses struggle with it. We all do that. We all have to do the reset. We all have to have the hard talks, right? And we all have to really understand that um, it's important to be direct in our communications because that's how they're successful. So I love, I, you know, I love all this and I appreciate you sharing it. So, so when it comes to oh snap, and where you're at right now, what was the last role you hired for? Let's see. I think remembering, I needed... remembering that we define your team as vendors, independent contractors, and employees. Oh, so it might have been an outside position. Um, definitely an independent contractor, a content producer slash account manager, someone that had Love the it. skill to be front facing with clients, but also Mm. had a little bit of like the strategy and the love of content creation, uh, which is a little bit of a unicorn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it can be. um, It was something that I needed at the time because my calendar um, post having my daughter in 2022 was starting to fill up again as I kind of took back a lot of the account management stuff. but the clients that had been, I'm going to call them legacy. They had been with me since like day one. Yeah. I felt really comfortable handing those off to someone who, you know, was professional, could, had a, a personality similar to mine and really 
take the reins that way, but also just thrived in the content creation nice. uh, with creative ideas. So that was the the last hire I had. So bringing them into the deliverable side to make sure that you're yeah. in the capacity needs of your clients. I love that. That's exciting. So that's growth, baby. I love it. So that's, you know, that's about your hiring process. Can I ask, what is your favorite interview question? Are you excited about that? Oh, she's excited. I feel like you know this one, but oh, it's what do you not like about social media? Oh yeah. Right. That's yeah. my favorite question. Cause you will very, it, it kind of becomes fun because people are like, Oh, like, let me count the ways. Yeah. It's like, we love it. But also there are always things that you're just like, <laughs> you yeah. know? and oftentimes the things that we hate around social media are things that we don't actually control any of, which, yeah. is, you know, but that lets you, that's an awareness thing, right? Again, so many people yes. forget that interview questions are allowing you to understand your management needs, right? And sometimes tipping your hand to somebody that's going to have some weakness, right? If they're like, ugh, if I have to take another afternoon of typing up all my notes, everything that's everybody said, I'm going to shoot myself. You're like, that's not going to work for us. We want all yeah. this, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but if somebody is saying, you know, the, the, you know, it's hard because the clients have a hard time getting us information and respond timely. Well, that person's used to working with small business owners, yeah. right? Uh, or if they're like, well, I guess if the boss is over my shoulder all the time, that's all that matters. But predominantly somebody in the industry for which you're asking that is going to highlight what an expert or somebody who's consistently been there. So, so it's such a great way to suss out what they really know about the job. Yes. I love it. I love that. That's a great question. So now, yes. now you're the boss, right? And what do you love about the team you're working with right now? I would say our team is a little bit more lean these days, Yeah, but I'm really enjoying it uh, because I feel like we're working very collaboratively mm. and it's not hard to work collaboratively. Yeah, I think sometimes like some people are very open to collaborating and other people are like, just leave me alone. 100%. And I would say that I'm like very much, a, a you know, a lone ranger in a lot of ways, but I'm really enjoying the collaborative ideas and questions and recommendations from my team members that are in that creative lane because yeah. they're not coming to me with like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? They're like, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Can you take a look at this reel and let me know? Like, does that, does that hit? Does that hit, feel right? right? Yeah. Yeah. That is like just the best because I didn't have to come up with the creative, but they are val valuing the other team's mm. great power and experience within the industry and in social to have us take a look at a different perspective. And I am like thrilled. Like that it. is my favorite thing to do. And it just kind of happened organically. But I also think I had laid that foundation to yeah. like toot my horn a little bit. Yeah. I had laid that foundation within those Monday meetings of like, what trends are you seeing? What do you need help with? Do you need me to take a look at anything? And our team right now is very much again, lean. Yeah. But we're getting the work done and we're doing it with excellence. And that's, that's the best thing that I could ask for at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, the two things I heard that sounded really successful was one, it sounds like you have a team that has more expertise. So you're not at juniors that are starting in. And those are the people that are yes. going to need more guidance, right? Yes. So you're at you're at that either proficient or expert level with yes. most of your or all of your team. And then Very the second thing I, I heard you say is in your I heard listen in everybody, weekly meetings where they assess project and client needs, she shows up and keeps the things she cares about in front of them. What trends do you see? You know, you're saying all the magic words that if they hear that week after week, they sh- they'll start coming with, well, you know, I got an answer to that this week because now I know you're going to ask it, right? And it's through the consistency of keeping in front of them the things you care about and you value that will get your team to focus on the things you care about and you value. And you consistently show up asking those questions. They -hmm. should start coming with the answers because now you're giving them the opportunity to know what makes the boss happy and what the boss believes will bring us success. So I I think you're you're like a great case study, Carolyn. You're doing amazing things. I love it very much for you. So I think the best thing that you just said, just to double down, is they're coming with answers. Yes. That is so critical because I've had hires in the past point out all the problems and they have never offered a solution ever. Yeah. That's a different person. Yeah. If they've offered a solution, it's like, you should go do that. And I'm like, "Um, and yet I think that's your job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pardon. So that's where, you know, I love people that are solution oriented that come to the table with like, Hey, I see this thing over here. Yeah. Could I make a checklist for that? Or, you know, like, yeah, and I'm happy to pay them to do that. I'm happy yeah. to. Yeah, of if course. If it makes life easier and more, you know, sustainable of a system, then like, by all means. But wow. I also want them to point out, hey, this process isn't working. Do we need this? And yeah. have me noodle on that and think about it. And then we can decide as a team whether or not we want to, you know, abolish that system or frame yeah. it. Or if it's got know? a point and I just need to explain it more to the team so they can understand right. the value behind it. Right. Yes. So, yes. so, you know, and I think that that's, it's harder for small business owners sometimes when they hire juniors because they're convinced themselves it's a budgetary yes. thing, which again, you guys, a little extra dollar will save you time, energy, heartache, and bring you re- results. Yeah. We'll talk about that differently. But when you're not, when you're hiring juniors to the point, people that are just coming in and somebody you fell in love with and I could teach anybody anything. And yes. again, that's a <laughs> whole there. other conversation. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Garland. Uh, yeah. It not, yeah. Don't, yeah. It was expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Expensive, expensive shirt. Yes. <laughs> but the, but the idea is when you've got those juniors, they need so much coaching and yeah. education. So that it's really, if you have a junior come in that's got the questioning attitude, that's great, but they don't have the the knowledge behind it to say, why are we doing this step when the solution is this? Why are we doing this step when we can save money? Why are we doing this step when it puts us in front of the client too many times instead of setting us up as an expert? Like they don't have that experience. There, are, You can hire juniors to come in and be like, 
I don't think you should do this. And I don't think you should do that. And you will try to tear those off thinking you're being collaborative. And what you're doing is you're following people that don't really know what they're talking about. And it's, and it's scary, especially in social media, right? Because they think they're hiring people that know social media and they're not, they're hiring people that post personally. That's not the same thing as professional social media experience. Yeah. I always say they have the mechanics, like the high schooler down the street that's doing your social media. They yeah. have the mechanics. They're basically born with a smartphone in their hand, right? Yep. But they don't have the structure, the strategy, how to ma- manage what's working and what's not. They also, a lot of times, don't have the professional acumen to yes. respond appropriately. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And I just, I just really wanted to go deep down that because you said one of your favorite things was the collaboration, but I want to make sure the audience understands collaborating collaboration works when you're working with people that have got experiences exactly doing the result you need, and then yes. they can read into how to improve or change or, you know, affect better results. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we just think somebody who says, oh, I could figure it out. Let's do this. I mean, it might be a good starting point, but at some point you have to evaluate, is it really giving you what you need? What are you hiring social media to do? And what is this employee who's supposed to be doing social media? What is the actual result to your business? Just showing up and posting. I know this is going to make you very happy. Showing up and having somebody put a picture on social media three times a week is not a social media plan. That's not, that's just showing up. Like what's it doing for your business? How, how does that affect change? You're spending all this money. What's the result, right? Yep. And then do you even know what like you want as the result or what's possible? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where they get stuck. Yeah. You know, business owners, they're like, "I, I really, I don't even know what I need to hire my social media person for. Well, then you probably need to hire a social media vendor first. That's what I love. I I remind people, independent contractors and vendors are great when you're bringing in a brand new either service that you're offering because you don't know if it's going to work if your clients really want to buy it or when you're bringing in a new workflow that before now we weren't doing social media. So I need to get a social media person in going to someone who's going to understand the process, the plans, the experience. And the results you should be asking to measure, that's the difference between hiring that and a VA to do your social media, right? Yes. All You're of like, that. All of that. Carlin, I write out, boom, right? Well, and, I, and it's not that I'm trying to necessarily do a commercial, but social media hires are one of the, the primary, you know, I think they're right up there with bookkeepers for a first hire for a lot of business owners, because so much business does require that visibility for their lead generation and their business development. So I totally understand it. And I just talk about it a little more specifically to your industry, as opposed to just the boss perspective, Mm -hmm. because I know that people don't understand the difference between hiring these three facets, a vendor, an independent contractor. Now, an independent contractor is great if you're bringing them in. If they have current experience, if they have the time that works for you, usually less than a part-time employee. So it's going to save you having to make up work for someone. Mm-hmm. And you can test, is this going to work and give me the results I need? If it does, people, it should be bringing you more money eventually. And if it brings you more money, now you can turn it into an employee, whether part-time or full-time, right? Yes. And I always say people who are hiring that independent contractor to join their team, you also have to give them 
like a great onboarding process. Oh man, it's going to take some time to learn. They have to know your brand. They have to like eat, sleep, drink, right? <laughs> your brand because it's you. And I always say this to all of like my solopreneurs who come to us for like strategies and audits and things like that. You've been you for 30 plus years. Oh, that's very I've nice. been you <laughs> for less than 30 seconds. Yeah. So that being said, like the more collateral you have, the branding, the da, 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 like the website, the more content you have, the better my education is going to be on how I can become your voice in the digital yeah. landscape. So, yeah, love that. I love that. Well, thanks for letting me go a little deeper. I appreciate yeah, that. Of course. So, nice. so if people wanted to follow up with you to find you and the fabulous OSNAP social, how do our listeners find you? You can go to osnapsocial.com. Uh, there you'll have all of my social handles. I hang out primarily on LinkedIn. So you can look for me, Carlin Ankrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of fun over on Instagram. You can follow me at osnapsocial, Carlin, K-A-R-L-Y-N. Um, send me a DM and say, hi, I'd love to connect with you there. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show, being here for all of our audience so they can understand all these fabulous pieces and uh, just sharing your experiences. It really helps us all know that this is a path that can be successful if we take the time and, as you said, find the resources. So this has been fantastic. Thanks for sharing time with me, Carlin. Thanks for having me. Of course, all of you fabulous listeners out there, don't forget, we're here every week with a new episode. And we would love nothing more if this was helpful than for you to share this episode with all of your favorite business owner friends that might be struggling with hiring, managing, or yeah, trying to find the right social media people. I hope you have an amazing day. This is Rock Your Bossitude. I'm Talmar Anderson, Boss On. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If this episode helped you, be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag RockYourBossitudePodcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on!